Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Lloyd Matheson. U.S. State Department's warning that there could be an increase in anti-American violence following the killing of al-Qaeda leader uh, al-Zawahiri. There's also been some concern that there could be some blowback for using so many drones to kill terrorists abroad. Uh, So we wanted to get to the bottom of that to break it all down and to talk through what we should, what we shouldn't be worried about uh, is Brad Garrett. Brad Garrett, of course, is crime and terrorism analyst for ABC News. He joins us from Washington, D.C. Brad, as we uh, look at uh, some of the warnings coming out of the State Department following uh, taking out of uh, al-Zawahiri, what are some of the things that we should be thinking about as it relates to how this was carried out? So the State Department put out what they call a worldwide caution. It's not specific about specific countries. Now, keep in mind, places like Somalia, Afghanistan, Libya, Syria, Yemen, the list goes on. I mean, those are obviously not safe places to go because of what's going on civil war-wise, terrorism-wise, etc. But a lot of people are traveling to Europe. They're traveling to the Caribbean um, and I think the, the key word here is being vigilant. Uh, you know, obviously some people are more vigilant than others, but I think, think about the following points. Try to blend in the best you can, depending on what country, what culture you're around. Um, maybe dress more like the people you're around. If you wear cargo shorts and flip-flops, here in the U.S., they probably don't fit in where you're going, yeah. maybe in the Caribbean, but certainly not in in, uh, in France or perhaps other places in, in Europe. Think about that. Keeping your voice down, not raising a concern about who you are, drawing attention to yourself, not wearing flashy jewelry. Have a cell phone that actually works in the country that you're going to. Extremely important. Tell the State Department, if you're going like to the Bahamas, Contact the the U.S. Embassy in the Bahamas and say, I'm going to be there for X number of days and we're going to leave whenever. I'm not traveling anyplace else or I am traveling someplace else. Um, and then put their number in your cell phone mm-hmm. just in case for, for whatever reason. Another big thing to look at is, look at is when you're in places like train stations, um, airports, particularly the unsecured part of an airport, uh, just be aware if somebody drops a backpack or a suitcase and then walks off or you see it and there's nobody around it, certainly walk away from it and tell somebody. It's probably nothing, but it's, the, that, it's, it's that vigilance of being someplace, sort of assessing it, deciding if something would happen here, how could I get out of here because there's so many people, where are the exits, et cetera. Um, and I don't want people being 
paranoid on vacation. It's just you just have to have a higher awareness today. I think that's the short answer. Yeah, I think that's so important. We always say opportunity favors the prepared, whether that's a, a good opportunity or dealing with a crisis situation. Exactly. And just that awareness that you're talking about, Brad, is so important. Uh, and I know there's a I mean, there's a lot of families who are, uh, you know, putting teenagers and 20 uh, somethings uh, on planes to go to service projects and humanitarian projects. Uh, around the world. What are some of the things that they should be vigilant about uh, in terms of their, their children's safety? So obviously, depending on where they're going, if, if they're going into a third world environment, let's say to an African country, uh, you know, you have to accept the reality that their definition of competent law enforcement and ours are two different things. And so that law enforcement's probably not going to be that helpful if you need them. So you have to create your own safety network. If you're attached to a particular school or facility or maybe even the government of the country where you're going, um, make them aware of where you are, uh, how to get a hold of you. Make sure, as I mentioned earlier, you have a cell phone that actually works at that location. Have a network of people you can immediately get a hold of back in the United States or wherever you might be from. Um, And have your own sort of safety protocols. Where should you go? Where should you not go? Should we go as a group to this location? Maybe not a good thing to go alone. Uh, And, you know, there's clearly a built-in vulnerability in being places that are third of a third world environment, particularly if something goes bad. But like I said, you need to take more responsibility and tell people like, this is just not safe. Something needs to be done about it. Yeah. and, and you may actually have to get the State Department involved, depending on where you might be. Yeah, and that's, that's so important. And uh, we've been talking about it a little bit today in the context of Brittany Griner, of, of regardless of what we think the, the rules and the laws are here in the United States, uh, sometimes I think when we travel, I think a lot of Americans uh, sort of had this false sense of confidence or maybe a little arrogance that, you know, they've got a, a USA passport and so everything will be fine. Uh, you mm-hmm. have to you have to know the the laws, the rules, the government, uh, local law enforcement, as you mentioned, Brad. Uh, that it might be different, and just because it is that way where you live uh, does not mean that's where the way it is where you're headed. And that's why maybe even not dressing if it if the way you dress here is drastically different than how they dress and wherever you're going, then think about changing that at least for the week or two. Uh, or clearly, if you're going as an exchange student or into a third world environment as part of as a school fellowship, et cetera, you know, you're probably going to dress more like the people dress there anyway. But this is really more designed, I think, day in and day out for the average traveler that's going to U.S. friendly places, for example, like Europe, France, Germany, Italy, et cetera. Um, but yeah, you make an excellent point that you need to be aware that you're not from there. Um, And you can be vulnerable to things potentially that you wouldn't be here. So that's why you have to keep your awareness up. Yeah. Uh, Fascinating step and and important to to just think all of those things through. Just real quickly, uh, Brad, just because you you follow this and understand this at such a deep level, uh, when we look at the the actual drone strike and the taking out of Mm -hmm. an al-Qaeda leader, uh, what is it that is happening different there? What does this particular strike uh, tell us about where we are uh, in terms of that battle uh, against those kinds of groups, uh, terror, terrorist organizations? So, you know, drones have, have 
proven to be really important as far as taking out uh, leaders, terrorist leaders, that there's really no realistic way to get to them other than perhaps via a drone. The downside of drones is that they infuriate the population where you have killed the person. Now, you might say to yourself, well, who cares if the folks in Yemen or Somalia or, in this case, Afghanistan hates us? Well, two things can happen. It may convince people to become radicalized and join al-Qaeda or ISIS. And the other step is that it's another person that hates us. And the problem with that is the following. Despite what you might think of some of these locations and what go on there, we actually need their help in those places. I'm going to guess, just based on – because I've worked in Afghanistan and Pakistan, that they had help on the ground. I mean how could they have put him on that porch on, on a whatever – however often he came out there without some eyes and ears on the ground? Um, and it's that sort of help that you desperately need in cases yeah. that you know you and I can't walk around Afghanistan – but we can certainly have Afghans and Pakistanis do it. Right. But but they have to trust us. Yeah. Uh, that trust is such a, a crucial component to all that. Brad Garrett, the crime and terrorist analyst for ABC News, joining us from Washington, D.C. Brad, always appreciate your perspective. You're welcome. Take care. All right. We'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. While all the pundits and prognosticators are predicting doom for the Democrats in the fall, at least one Senate candidate is leaning in heavy to a very left-wing message. Ben Burgess is going to join us coming up next to talk about Pennsylvania Senate candidate John Fetterman, what he's doing right, how Democrats can learn from what he's doing. Stay with us. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.